Hi, this is Dave Brisky, and welcome to this episode of Brisky Business. You know, keep the questions coming. It's been fantastic. As you know, it's your program, and if you'll keep writing me at briskybusiness at entvusa.com, we'll keep tailoring the program to your needs, your interests, and what you want to talk about. That's what Brisky Business is all about. And if you miss any programs, go find me on the ENTV app, ENTV USA app, and all the segments are, are living right there under Brisky Business. The program, as you know, is broken into these four segments, which is Brisk Business Basics, Brisk Buyer Bail, Brisk Bulls and Bears, and Brisk Best and Brightest, which is a real focus on mentorship. So I'm excited to have another amazing guest on this program. This man is a former NFL safety, three-time team captain. He played with the Vikings, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Eagles. Uh, he co-hosts a podcast called Level-Headed with Mike Lindell. He's a devoted philanthropist. In fact, I've had the privilege, uh, the privilege of going on a philanthropy event with him. Uh, amazing, amazing man. He served four years as the ambassador for peace and sport for the U.S. Federation of Peace and Development at the United Nations. He's a former investment banker at a prestigious firm, uh, and he's a current professor at my alma mater, I'm proud to say, Fordham University. And to top it all off, he's an ordained minister who is doing incredible works in America's prison system. And uh, it is my pleasure to welcome Jack Brewer, CEO of the Brewer Group, to Brisky Business. Jack, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dave. It's great to have you. So take a deep breath. I'm going to grab a cup of my favorite coffee to get started. And look at this. I'm drinking out of a Fordham University mug. So uh, we're going to get to that a little bit later in the program. Go Rams. You got it. So brisk business basics. So before we get started, obviously we lost a great patriot. We lost Herman Cain. And uh, why don't we just take five seconds to honor him with just a little bit of silence. He was such, a, such an amazing man. Yes. And Jack, I know you, you, had, uh, you had the privilege, I guess I would call it, an honor, a high honor to, to be able to speak at his memorial service. Tell me what that felt like. You know, it, it was humbling. Uh, a man like uh, Herman just meant so much to, to, to so many people, particularly African-Americans who are pursuing uh, business careers and trying to, to chase the American dream. He was the epitome of that. And, and he uh, he used to say oftentimes that he was the old bull and I was the young bull. And so that, to be able to tell that story uh, on our memorial that we had online earlier today was really special. You know, a man like that who uh, is a true patriot, man, a legend, all that he's done in politics and business. And, you know, people don't know this, but Herman was also a minister. Uh, he was a, a minister, associate minister at a, at a church in, in Atlanta. And so, you know, this man was a man of God and he just represented everything good about America. You know, that's absolutely true. And we could use a lot of good in America right now and as we always could have, but especially now, I think. And to lose a man like that is a great, great loss for the nation. But uh, hopefully it'll help uh, other great leaders be inspired and rise up with what he's done. Definitely. I think it will. You know, when you when you look at what Herman Cain did, I mean, to be able to go in as a as a single franchise owner and then end up buying uh, one of the most successful uh, food chains in the country, Godfather Pizza, 
worth over $250 million. Uh, you know, it's just, it's truly special, man. And it, and, 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 and that's the story that we need out right now in America. People need to really see what chasing the American dream and the opportunity that this nation brings uh, really does exist. And it still exists today. Uh, we got to keep fighting for that. Absolutely. We certainly do. So you know that uh, Brisk Business Basics is about um, the, the basic business principles. You've got such a unique perspective, and I think you could offer a lot of fantastic advice because of the incredible transition you've gone from a professional football field and then ultimately into business and having a wonderful career in business, in philanthropy, doing a lot of amazing things, Jack. What advice can you give to that athlete? Let's face it, most athletes, they don't last that long in these, these careers, and they need to look for a life after whatever sport they're playing. In your case, it was football, but the inspiration and the advice is the same regardless of the sports you're playing. How did you make that transition, and what advice can you give to those out there? It's really understanding that the same effort that you put into being great in your sport uh, you have to also put into doing things outside of the game. Uh, you know, you can't shortchange yourself in any aspect of your life. You truly have to be holistic. And so whether it's taking care of your body, whether it's your spirituality, uh, whether it's your work ethic, you know, outside of your, your, your sport, everything you do, you have to do it at a high level. Uh, and professional athletes know how to do that. Uh, it's just about a matter if you're willing to apply it. Uh, and so for me, uh, I was blessed. I was able to really accomplish a lot in school academically. Uh, and then I got myself around uh, great entrepreneurs who could teach me and, and help develop me in, in things that maybe I didn't have access to or, or maybe I didn't have the knowledge of. Uh, but you have to continue to seek that knowledge uh, and dream beyond just your sport. I don't care what sport you play. You're not going to do it for your entire life. So you need to always have that plan B uh, and, and make that a, as big of a priority as you do your sport. So what advice do you have to that young guy? It, it could go two ways, right? One that is aspiring to be drafted in one of these sports, and we know how hard that is. And all of a sudden, they've devoted their whole life to it, and there's more than the, more of these types of folks than not, right, that they just don't right. even find a career there. Then there's the group like you, right, that you were blessed enough to have a, a real career in the NFL, but still you're coming out fairly quickly. So in either case, what advice do you have for these folks that either aren't on that path or come out very early what do you do build your mastermind alliance you know go make sure you go up go and grab the book think and grow rich uh read it and take it to heart because most nfl players they fail because of the people that they're around uh the circle that they bring in uh, and their circle of influence becomes who they end up being and, and oftentimes they want to look out for people and assign people to do things that they're not really qualified for. Uh, so I always tell athletes, find people that are smarter than you. Find people that are experts that have already had success. Build your team full of people that don't need you. Uh, build your, your team full of people that want to help you and not for their financial gain, but in order to protect you. Because people like that exist. Dave, you're an example of someone like that. And there are so many other examples. And if, if, Athletes, no matter what sport they're in, if they really sought out uh, and asked for advice, I really do think that they would get it from quality people uh, versus just always trying to find people to be on their payroll. 
So it's about building that mastermind alliance so that you can actually fill the gaps on the things that you don't know. Fill the gaps on the thing that you may not have access to. That is the key to success. Wow, those are powerful words. And you're right, you know, and I appreciate you even saying it. But I have a, had a really, really nice relationship. Still a very, very dear friend of mine, Mr. Drew Pearson, who had a great esteemed career with the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, him and I got into business together and did some amazing things. And Drew used to always say, he said, you know, listen, while I was out there on the football field, you were learning about business. So I need to learn from you. Uh, and then we could use, you know, the the ability for him to open doors the way he could because of his persona and I could leverage that. So when you have a partnership where both can contribute amazing things and lift each other up, then you got the makings for greatness in a company. And I think you're giving absolutely perfect advice to people. Surround yourself with the right people and keep doing it. That's right. I mean, it's so, it's so important. I mean, uh, you think about it, it's really the same concept that you put into building a team. Uh, and, and, you know, it's 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 no matter if it's sports or it's business, uh, it's about filling your gaps and finding people that can do and take pride in doing the little things. It's not always about who gets the credit or, you know, who who gets the attention from everyone. You need you know, you need that that special teams player. You know, you need that good coach that 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 uh, that, uh, that assistant uh, that helps you uh, just study a little bit extra. You need all those pieces to the puzzle. And I think it's important that athletes put into practice what their organizations are doing as well. So I know uh, we're going to get to this in a, in a later segment, but I know you've started a, a, uh, an education program at my alma mater. I want to talk about that in, uh, in the next segment, and I want to tee that up. i got to tell you, the advice you're giving is absolutely spot on. It's super impressive. It's no wonder that you were just on, you know, Sean Hannity, that you're on Fox News. You know, why do you think there is such an appeal for what you've got to say to national audiences? You know, I, I think it's it's uh, the perspective I have is just one that has been a blessed life where I've been able to travel. I've been able to experience how things operate, not just here in America, but all over the world. I've been able to do business all over the world. I've been able to play pro sports and know how it feels to have people wanting to give you the world and offer you the world and showing you favoritism. I grew up in a house where they didn't have much education. So I've lived in poverty. I understand how it feels not to always have, but to sometimes want. And, and so, you know, you, you put all those things combined and, you know, just being able to be blessed with so many great people. Um, you know, Dave, I say, I mentioned you. I, I, you know, I have dozens of other people like you who have made a positive impact on my life. I've been able to take that perspective and God put put that perspective in me early enough to know that when I was in college, I wanted to get my master's degree before I went to the NFL. And so what did that do for me? It showed me that I could reach just a higher level in school as I did on the field. And so when you, when you live that life and you really truly build those relationships with people, uh, you're able to articulate that. You're able to, to then teach and then to, uh, to, to use your life experiences as an example that others can learn from and it's it's just been a blessing to be able to be a part of so many people's lives those are really powerful words and i can't help but notice over your left shoulder the new york giants helmet you know my dad will be watching this program and uh he's a diehard giant fan as am i and i'm the only living probably giant dallas cowboy fan maybe on earth <laughs> 
So let's hear about what you do to make decisions. What process does Jack Brewer go through when presented, and I call it buyer bail, because as you know, every day we're presented opportunities. We can pass on them or we can go with them. What do you do? What is your process to make decisions? You know, this has evolved. I haven't always uh, been the, the best at being able to sit back, stay calm, and make a good decision. Um, I, you know, oftentimes struggle with using the same approach I, I use on the football field as I did in business. You know what I mean? Going to get it, hitting everything hard, super aggressive. You know, I'm a defensive back and a special teams guy, so I love to, to, to attack things. And in business, you can't be that way. Uh, and I've learned over time to understand how to sit back, take a step back, and never rush a deal. Uh, and so for me, it's about finding my center. I find my center through my spirituality. Uh, others may find their centers in, in other ways. But for me, it's, it's, it's always about reflecting and praying and asking God to give me understanding and discernment before I do anything from a business perspective. That usually calms me down. And then I'll, at least I can become aware of situations or things that I may uh, need to, to be uh kind of a, aware of, but, but more understanding. If I need to dive in or dig into things, I can then go out and ask those questions. And I think uh, another thing is always use other people's. Get advice. Don't ever feel like you already know something, even if it's a particular business or an opportunity that you're a specialist in or expert in. There's always time that you may miss something or not see something. And so I've learned to uh, take advice uh, and every time, even if someone gives me advice I don't agree with, I usually take something out of the conversation uh, that makes me more comfortable with the deal. Oh, those are that is such great advice, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. And and uh, you know, in the, this buyer bail decisions, I like to ask: Is there ever been a, a situation where there might have been a buy decision that you wished you bought and didn't, or the flip <laughs> side of that, a bail decision that you didn't bail on? I mean, you can go either way. Did it ever go the opposite way with you when you go, "Oh, I wish I had done that." Yeah, I mean, you look and look at Citigroup stock right now. You see it at fifty dollars, and I know I could have bought it at a buck. Uh, <laughs> and I remember sitting in my chair. I had I had just retired from the NFL. I was working at um, Merrill Lynch, and I had owned a mortgage company before, so I I, I fully understood the the crisis when it happens. I understood the 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 the, the debt issues that we had. Uh, with our LBOs and our and a lot of our securitizations that blew up. So I knew what Citigroup's balance sheet looked like. And I knew that Citigroup was worth a lot more than a dollar. Uh, but even though I knew that, I still didn't make the move. And so it was um, it was something that I always kicked myself on because I remember thinking at the time, man, I should put like, 50,000 in the city group. Now do the math, Dave. Yeah, it'd be a big number. And the funny thing is, as it relates to you, I know what chaps you more than anything is that there was a ton of people you could have helped with that money because I know where your heart is, and that's why it bothers you so much. I don't think it's about so the dollars. Much. It's about your no. deployment of those dollars and who you could have helped. 100%, man. I just think about, like, I could have built orphanages, hospitals. I mean, 
you're talking about a 50 to one. That's a that's a big number, man. Yeah, that's a bit that would have been a big one. But you know what? You're still doing great things. So uh, maybe it gave you even more drive to look back and still make uh, make those right decisions and do the things you do. You know, I like to talk about pivots and and this is a buyer bail um, um, situation here. And, you know, the people that use what they learned, like you learned on the football field, and you saw people coming out. And I heard about this, and we chatted about it, and you had to make a buyer bail decision. I don't even know how you put yourself in the position to do it, but ultimately you started a program at my alma mater, Fordham University, to benefit uh, athletes, I believe, and you, you had to ultimately become uh, a professor as well. Tell us about that. This is so intriguing to me. What went through this process? How did you make the decision? And tell us about the program. You know, it was actually uh, a pretty big risk on my part, but it was one that I did have that discernment. I did take a step back and I evaluated. You see, in the, the National Football League has about 320 players every year that comes out uh, into the draft and over 70 percent of those players don't have their degrees and so you know now you're creating this population of people that have been so blessed you know have abundance and, and able to make a good living but they have never finished their their formal degrees uh, and taking into account that they also they're playing college sports and they've never really been able to put the the necessary time and focus in the school because they're playing college sports and so I always saw it as an opportunity. You know, um, like I said before, I got my master's degree before I went to the NFL. And I knew what that did for me. I knew that gave me a sense of freedom. I never felt like I had to play in the NFL. I always knew that I could go out and, and, and transition into a, a new career. Well, if you don't have your degree, sometimes you may not be that confident. And so uh, I, I started this program actually at the University of Miami. Uh, in 2013. Uh, and I came on and I was a, a part of a partnership. It really was not my program, uh, but I, I was there. I took the bull by the horn and I went out and ran all the marketing and operations for the program uh, and built it. Um, built the biggest program in the country for professional athletes uh, getting their, their degrees. And so after a while, you know, things just weren't going the way that I thought they could. And so I made a decision to go out and do it on my own. Uh, and it was and it was great. One of the best decisions I've ever made. I got to be at a university that you know spiritually aligned with me, being a Jesuit school. Uh, and then the the, the Gabelli School of Business is just so amazing with the research that it has, the technology that it offers, and that it's just a perfect fit. Being in New York City, uh, that all the athletes can come there uh, and get access to all the the, the businesses. Uh, and, and mentor opportunities that are there. And so it really has been well. And uh, it was a huge blessing. Uh, our first year got got off with a bang. Uh, you know, we partnered with Morgan Stanley. We partnered uh, with Bloomberg. We partnered um, with the Wall Street Journal. And, and our athletes have been able to have so many unique experiences that we could have never done in Miami. We could have never done uh, anywhere else except for New York City. And this campus happens to be right in the middle of the Lincoln Center. And so it really has been an amazing opportunity and experience uh, for all the athletes involved. 
That is so impressive. And obviously, you know, Fordham's near and dear to my heart. And <laughs> I love the Jesuit education. And, you know, what you talk about, that fellowship, that camaraderie that just is in the fiber of that incredible institution. You know, I remember yeah. we would all go to church. They were, they're so smart, those Jesuits, you know. They knew everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean. They knew everyone was partying. They knew that was yeah. a thing. And they were like, you know what, rather than fight it, you know, let's not have 10 o'clock masses on Sunday morning morning if we want the kids to show up you know our, <laughs> right. we, we would all go to church 10 p.m on sunday night okay wow. that's when the mass was all the brothers were there and there was never an excuse and everyone and it became a thing in the culture and i i tell you i'll i those were some of my favorite moments of getting uh bringing in that type of uh Closeness to God with your buddies, right, with your friends, right, with all of that camaraderie, all in the same boat and all the sermons about what we were all going through. And I think to myself, you know, everyone thinks it's these big things and this and that, but it's the little things within the fiber of these smart Jesuit folks with tons of wisdom to put themselves and this great Jesuit community in a position to win and help these uh, help people like us lead that institution with value system and integrity and uh, take away the excuses. That's what I love about Fordham and I love that you're there with this program. No, Dave, that's powerful, man. What a testimony, especially during the times that we're in right now and you're looking and seeing and you, you have to ask yourself, how many kids have that opportunity that you just mentioned? How many kids have that experience uh, these days? And, you know, it really is what's missing in a lot of ways in our society. Uh, and, I mean, just, just hearing you tell that story gave me the chills. Yeah, and it, and it gives me the chills just even recounting it and thinking about it. And, and so many of my brothers that I have, ancestors from Fordham, uh, was rooted in, in that really, really important fiber of that institution. So good on you, Jack Brewer. Uh, super proud that you're doing that program. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends and relationships at Fordham, and I'm at a point in my life, if there's something I can do to help you, please don't hesitate to reach out, and we will make that happen. So this is going to conclude this segment of Brisk Buy or Bail, and we're going to be back with Brisk Bulls and Bear. It is my privilege to have Jack Brewer on Brisky Business.